Welcome to Paranormal Things. I'm your host, Keith, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we're going to do Destination Truth, uh, Season 4, Episode 6, Ghost of Mangali, Crater, and um, the Kalinoro. Because it's a creature of some kind. But um, here we go. For your enjoyment. Without further ado... Click. I have a frightening encounter. Oh my God, right there. Right there. Right there. Next, the adventure continues as Team Truth crosses the Indian Ocean to the untamed island nation of Madagascar, where local villagers say a small but terrifying creature is on the attack. The Kalanoru grabbed me. I was very afraid that he was going to kill me. Josh's hunt for the truth takes him deep into these primitive jungles where he comes face to face with an unidentified beast. Oh, right there. Hold on! I'm Josh, Josh Gates. Gates, the adventure. In my travels, I've seen some unexplainable things, and I've done some things I can't quite explain. Now, I've pulled together a team armed with the latest technology in the search for answers to the world's strangest mysteries. I'm not sure what's out there waiting for me, but I know what I'm looking for. haunted places, an old creepy mansion, Indian graveyard, or an abandoned insane asylum might come to mind. But in the heart of Kenya's stunning countryside, a massive volcano called the Menengai Crater is Menengai. the unexpected home of a reportedly intense paranormal presence. According to the Maasai tribe, the ghosts of the Menengai Crater are the unsettled spirits of thousands of warriors killed in a bloody civil war fought on the crater's rim. The legend adds that the bodies of the dead were thrown into the abyss as the fighting raged on. Reports of phantom tribesmen, strange shadows, and the sounds of battle cries are common here. The local Maasai tribe have enormous reverence for men and guy, traveling to the interior only for sacred ceremonies and avoiding the crater altogether after dark. This massive crater is one of the largest in the world, measuring 1,600 feet deep, with a diameter more than six miles across. Eyewitness sightings occur predominantly on tribal land at the bottom of the caldera. I wanted to investigate if this gorgeous piece of unspoiled natural beauty was truly haunted by spirits of the past. So we assembled our team, packed up our gear, and headed out for this ghostly safari. We flew 9,760 miles east from Los Angeles to the African nation of Kenya. Upon arrival, we rounded up our gear and headed out into the throbbing streets of Nairobi. Nice thing about Nairobi, it's not crowded at all. We were eager to begin our investigation, but before we had a chance to get to work, there was a little personal business I had to attend to. Uh, Gates? Yes. You got a little problem down below. Oh, no. First of all, why are you staying in a crotch? That's question number one. It's hard to avoid. You got Yes, it is hard to avoid. Speak it through. When you're this adventurous, sometimes you rip the crotch out of your pants. That's what happens. I need to get my pants fixed. <laughs> this being my favorite and only pair of pants, we made our way to a local seamstress. Hello! Sir, watch your eyes. Can you fix this? Yes. Drop them, Gates. <laughs> Hear the stripper music? I'm an adventurous guy, we're adventurous hunters. <laughs> <laughs> you got a cross ripped and you have it fixed. I'm sitting there and everybody's watching. I appreciate it. You're in Nairobi. Thank you. Okay, folks, show is over. Hope you enjoyed it. Here we go. 
With a major wardrobe malfunction averted, we got back to business. Our research had revealed a young shaman who operated on the outskirts of the market, whose people were Samuel. from Menengai. I hoped he could teach me more about the reported origins of the spirits there. We're here because we're interested in the Menengai crater. What can you tell me about this place? They're evil spirits. They are, you know, they're very tricky. Do you think that these spirits are dangerous? The spirits are dangerous for sure. I can't lie to you. Who should I talk to to get more information about this? You need to go to a Masai and you have to see this old man because him, he has all the information that you need. I don't want you to end up dying. So for me, I'll give you this one. It's a tail to a goat. It's a goat tail? It's a goat tail. Okay. There, there is no bad permanent in visiting your way. Boy, do you, have a, do you have a bag for this? We needed to track down the elders of the Maasai village. However, reaching the isolated area near the Menengai crater would be a monumental task unto itself. From Nairobi, we'd have to catch a train and travel 80 miles north to the city of Naivasha. There, we'd arranged for a 4x4 that could navigate the rough roads of the African countryside. It would take a full day of driving to reach Lake Nakuru, which we would have to cross by boat to get to the Maasai village. Our journey got off to a rough start since the last train out of Nairobi was just pulling out of the station as we arrived. Hold the train! I'm jumping on a train and running for a train, literally. through urban shanty towns and breathtaking wilderness. After hours riding the rails, we woke up just in time to make an impromptu exit and find a place to sleep. Come on! Quick, come on! By the light of a new day, the paved highways outside of Naivasha gave way to dirt roads and the majestic sights of the East African wilderness. Menengai is part of the nearly 4,000-mile trench known as the Great Rift Valley. It is here that some of the most famous fossils of human ancestors have been unearthed, and where Zin, our species first Zin, set out to populate man. the planet. There As we got no closer man. to the crater, we were Just overwhelmed with the sight of endless exotic like animals, a, although Bobby was overtaken by an entirely different before, motivation. Josh, you can make tacos out of every animal on this plane right now. Delicious ones, too. Can we go chase that warthog? Bobby, we're not eating the animals. After a long day of driving, we finally arrived in the town of Nakuru. These people have lived on the edge of the crater for centuries and were the true keepers of its legendary mystery. To travel to the this village would take an entire day by car or just over an hour by boat. Before we had time to second guess our decision, we were crossing the dangerous waters of Lake Nakuru. Okay, guys. We're at 18 kilometers across this thing. There's definitely hippos in these waters. Keep your eyes open. As we crossed the lake, we were now entering into Maasai land and drawing closer to the haunted crater of Menengai. Oh, right there! Right there! Look! There! Right there! They were pointing at a hippo. There's definitely hippos in these waters. Keep your eyes open. <sighs> they kill oh, right humans. There, right there! Look! There! Right there! Oh. Okay, guys, let's get out very of here right now. Come on, let's go! ungainly, hippos kill more people than any other animal in Africa. We throttled up our outboard and made a beeline for the shore. 
From the dock, it was a short hike to the edge of the Maasai village, where we emerged into their vibrant and exotic community. The Maasai's hospitality was overwhelming, and we were invited to shake, quite literally, every hand in the village. A tribal spokesman named Simon arranged for a traditional song of celebration. After the song, I was invited to partake in a highly revered Maasai tradition, drinking the sacred blood of one of their cows. It's difficult to watch and even harder to participate in. It's a little bit like um, drinking a milkshake if a milkshake was boiling hot and made of blood. After enduring the worst round of shots since my college days, Simon brought me to meet the village elders. I was eager to speak with them and learn more about the history of the crater. Who fought in the battle? How many people fought? It was the Maasai from the north and the south. And do you know how many people fought? Yeah, 60,000 people watched me. And how do you think of men and guy today? Well, whenever we go there, we can hear, we can listen to some voices. It's a sacred place. We believe it's a hundred place. The elders explained that a sacred section of the crater floor, as well as a remote cave, are both crawling with spirits. Simon then introduced me to the old medicine man who I was told to visit by the shaman in Nairobi. He anointed me with specially prepared ashes that he said would protect me from the spirits in the crater while still allowing me to observe their presence. You will then see what you have never seen. You are going to hear what you have never heard. He then gave me some herbs, tobacco, and a fire-making kit. He said once in the crater I'd have to make a fire by hand to appease their restless souls. Thank you. I thank the Maasai for their incredible generosity, and we raced back to our Maasai jeep. Maasai is a group of people who fought in the war us? years ago. 60,000 people I've been saying fought. we need a Maasai warrior in this team it's for years. Like Gettysburg, we had ways to travel and wanted to reach the bottom of the crater before nightfall. Time was of the essence. When we reached the edge of Menengai, we were blown away by its massive size and awe-striking beauty. From the summit, the sprawling crater floor came into full view. We unloaded our equipment and began hiking to the floor of the massive basin more than a thousand feet below. Alright guys, be very careful in here. It's literally just a sheer drop. Someone's gonna, guys, this is the end of the path. Someone's gonna slide. We're gonna go down the fast fly? Kind of. Let's uh let's break out the ropes. We don't have enough rope for this. <laughs> this is crazy. Allie, you ready to climb? Uh, I don't have a choice, do I? No. With a sheer rock face ahead of us, we assembled our belaying gear, and, after securing our ropes, I took the plunge and lowered myself into the crater. I'm in the edge. Just crazy. Little Steve. There's some stuff worth worth the pay, but geez, oh man. A sheer cliff. Okay, I'm down. I'm talking. Guys, it's a hell Hundred feet down. Couple the brittle hundred. walls, I deep crevices, and the extreme vertical drop made for a very challenging descent. Allie, there's a, there's a majestic view down here. Shut it, Gates. Oh, jeez. Cactus in the face. You got uh. With the rest of the team safely reaching the plateau near the bottom of the crater, we continued our hike down. As the sun set on the horizon, we set up base camp in the base ceremonial the area night. used by the Maasai tribe. We installed four infrared cameras to survey the perimeter of our camp. 
Further out in the crater, we placed multiple trap cameras that would automatically fire photos if anything passed by their lenses. Vanessa would oversee all the equipment from base camp and alert us to any peculiar activity. This is a very non-conventional environment for us to investigate. Normally you think of hauntings happening in structures, in abandoned buildings. We're out in nature here. This is not a man-made place. This is a crater of an ancient volcano. Sean, what are we talking about in terms of danger tonight? We know there are predators down here. Hyenas, leopards, um, a lot of poisonous snakes. Uh, poisonous snakes, as they strike you, you could be dead in 20 minutes. The first thing we need to do, uh, my group is going to make the offering that the Messiah asked us to make. After we do that, we'll start the sweeps and hopefully, you know, something interesting happens. Let's get to it. Bobby, Sean, and Dan would hike up toward higher ground, while Allie, Mike, and I would patrol the crater floor. Allie, what do you think of this crater haunted? This crater Crazy. has a long, long history. 60,000 people died here. Just from the battle. 60,000 people died. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's only 60,000 fought. Up here at all. 
Yeah, well, thanks for scaring the living Hey, man, I'm sorry. I was looking out for you. This is basically the center of the crater. The Maasai don't often come down here. They're very frightened of it. They think this is a place of great power. It sounds a little bit almost like a laugh, like a cackle. I think it's coming from these trees up here. Let's walk up. Guys, come on, it's up here. Listen, listen, listen. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a moaning or a howling. Hi, uh, Josh, face cam, come in. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, we're hearing some weird noises out here. It sounds kind of like an animal, but it also sounds a little bit like a voice. Are you seeing anything on those IR cams yet? No, um, there's definitely a lot of bugs in front of the IR cams and a lot of bugs on me, but um, I haven't seen any animals. Just keep your eyes on those cameras because if it is an animal, it might pass in front of one of them. We passed one of the IRs not too far back. All right, I'll keep my eyes peeled. I hear something shuffling around back there. Yeah, you too. Be a monkey, could be anything. Yes, and I do too, huh? Careful, there's some water dripping down from above. Opens up into a huge room. That's pretty awesome. Well, this is definitely the cave we heard about. I think it's a good place to do an EVP. Get the digital recorder out. They say this is where a lot of the spirits emanate from. Okay, let's give it a roll. I think they catch some. Is anybody here? Make a noise or let us know that you're here. Mm 
sound like something singing. <laughs> I did too. Lord. There's a woman singing in here that could be making light. I don't see anything. A little bit of dripping water, some bats flying around. There's no way that can account for it. That was a bat. What was that? A bat poop. It's like voices singing in a visible ball of light. That's the craziest collection of stuff I've ever seen and heard in one place. I could have sworn there was somebody in here. Somebody in here moving around. This investigation There's nothing. Alright guys, let's all head back to base camp together, yeah? Let's keep the recorder running. We'll keep a camera running in here as well. Come back, collect the tapes, see if anything else shows up on them. With the morning approaching and a wealth of intriguing evidence, we returned to base camp, packed up our gear, and headed to Los Angeles for analysis. The many hours spent deciphering our field recordings resulted in some mysterious finds. First, we reviewed the apparition seen by Dan. Oh, no, my camera, but I can't see anyone. See that? Yeah. Just for an instant, it looks there. You have this amorphous kind of shape that shows up just for a minute in the camera. It's pretty wild. I think all in all, it's a pretty cool piece of evidence. You know, I think it's a little inconclusive, but could it be something that's naturally there in the crater that's just sort of reflecting off the IR light? You could. Know, I don't know if we can fully discount that, but it's interesting, especially because he couldn't reproduce it. Our EVP evidence yielded much clearer results. Can you make a noise or let us know that you're here? I mean, I can't readily explain what that is. Can you make a noise or let us know that you're here? Right there. Yeah. How about the light? Do you think that could be the sound of the water? It's just how it's sort of matrixing? The water's hitting the ground and it's making these like staccato percussive sounds. Yeah. I don't know how you can get something that sounds like singing out of that. Right. No. What's also amazing is that this is an enclosed space. We know there was nobody else in that cave. I mean, if somebody was in there mm -hmm. singing, we'd certainly know about it. And yet it does. It Manganese. sounds like a distinct noise. I don't have any other way to readily explain what that noise is. I don't either, but we heard it, we reacted to it, and it was picked up in the recording as clear as day. Yeah. That's compelling. Finally, we turned the strange light we had observed in the cave. Oh my God, right there. Right there, yeah. Look at that. Wow. Oh, and it goes bright for a second, too. That's cool. The light is really wild because we saw it ourselves in the cave with our own eyes. Camera picks it up. It's definitely something that's producing light. It's not infrared. It's not a reflection. We had no lights on. This is visible light, you know, and it's an empty cave. I mean, could it be some sort of phosphorescent insect? You know, there's nothing in this area that really aligns to that. There's no insects that would glow this bright. Uh, I mean, this was like a ball of light in the cave. Also it's really compelling, you know, I don't know what that is. But this particular cave was obviously, you know, this was where the most interesting stuff happened. Especially having these two events on top of each other makes it extremely compelling evidence. We've got a phantom noise that we absolutely cannot associate with anyone. And we have this strange light, which, you know, 
we don't readily have an explanation for. Our Kenyan expedition took us from the throbbing streets of Into Nairobi Kenya again. and on a railway safari to the very six, cradle of human The Maasai have been stewards of this land for centuries. Their customs, the location, songs, and battles are part of the upheaved landscape here, and perhaps too, their spirits. In Menengai Crater, we witnessed evaporating visions and collected unnatural noises. Here, in man's oldest stumping ground, there is an echo of the past that refuses to fade away. It's a strange, remote island inhabited by bizarre creatures found nowhere else on the planet. Even though it sounds like the plot Madagascar to the island of Dr. Moreau, it's actually Madagascar. Yep. After breaking off from Africa 160 million years ago, the flora and fauna here were left to evolve in isolation from the rest of the world. To this day, scores of undocumented critters are being discovered on the island. However, one reported creature is drawing more attention than any other. Eyewitnesses across Madagascar, Madagascar have reported run-ins with a small, mischievous creature called the Kalinora. Although three rumors of its existence have been whispered about for years, a rash of recent sightings is breathing new life into the Kalinoro legend. We combed through the latest reports to create a working model of this undersized beast. The Kalinora reportedly dwells deep in Madagascar's isolated jungles, far from civilization. Eyewitnesses describe the creature as short, hairy, and humanoid. Standing just three feet tall, he is said to possess incredible strength disproportionate to his diminutive size. The Kalinoro's best defense is a set of extended, razor-sharp fingernails that can shred prey with ease. Hunters say tracking the beast is all but impossible due to the Kalinoro's strangely backward feet. In a place where extraordinary creatures are the norm, the legend of the Kalinoro may just be, prove strange enough sloth. to be true. So I assembled my team, packed up our gear, and headed to the Indian Ocean. We left Los Angeles and traveled over 11,000 miles to Madagascar's capital city, Antananarivo. I guess that's why I had to cut it back. <laughs> Madagascar has been a much coveted and contested island for the past 500 big years. European outposts and pirate flying. enclaves have dotted the coast since the 1500s. Though now an independent nation, the influence of colonial French rule and ancient monarchies is still evident in the historic city streets. After connecting with the island's past, we embraced modern-day Madagascar with a visit to Tana's bustling market. They if there's all one time. thing I've learned in my years of travel, every open-air market in the world has at least way. one hippie with a bongo drum. On this occasion, he happened to be a member of our crew. Viva America! Viva America! Unbelievable. Can somebody get this guy a hacky sack and a bottle of patchouli, please? I made some incredible discoveries in the sail bin. <laughs> And found deals so good, they practically jumped right out at you. Okay, what do you guys got? You got shoes? More shoes? What's in here? Shoes! More shoes! Vanessa, how did you get in there? Oh, no. The market boasted art, both religious and whatever this is. And I even felt the urge to get a tattoo to commemorate our visit. These are the craziest tattoos I've ever seen in my entire life. These triple cheeses, you don't see that often. A girl making out with a dead guy. Yoda with a dagger? I mean, is that, I don't even know what... I don't remember that scene. Can I get this on my chest? Please? After a busy morning exploring the city, I arranged a meeting with the curator at the National Zoo to learn more about the Kalinoro. Running late, we stumbled upon a seemingly National effortless zoo. way to make our appointment on time. Comfort and luxury. We were going nowhere fast thanks to our slow-moving drivers. It was time to bring their operation up to speed with some good old American muscle. You ready? Run, yeah, run, back run. in a little. Look at this. Backstroke. Backstroke. You gotta be versatile. Come on. Water. Water. Thank you. Okay. 
my legs burning and my lungs about to explode, I was happy to turn the reins back over <laughs> he to the ran. With our drivers now carriage. operating in high gear, we reached the zoo in no time. They got it all here. The, uh, the giant Madagascar falcon. The killer Madagascar eagle. The deadly Madagascar duck. Alright, it's not much of a zoo. Madagascar boasts some seriously strange wildlife, and we were on the lookout for animals that could be misidentified as the Kalinoro. First suspect, Madagascar's infamous lemur. So I put the honey on my finger and then they're gonna they're gonna eat my finger off, right? There you go, buddy. Do they ever bite? <laughs> yeah, they do. Great. Don't bite my finger though, because I'm also a jewelry hand model. Have you ever seen the show uh, When Animals Attack? Because I'm about to be starring in it. Alright buddy, this is good fun. I appreciate you not attacking me. With a lemur far too adorable to credibly pass as a Kalinoro, we met the zoo's curator, who explained how a creature might be able to exist undetected in this country. And most of the species found here in our country, Madagascar, is not found elsewhere. Or Do you think that there are still discoveries to be made here? Do you think that yeah, they're still yeah, going yeah, to find yeah. new species? You know, part of the Malagasy forest are still unexplored because local people are superstitious, not only about the forest, but even about the animals. The example of the ayai, some people fear yeah, yeah. they can be associated with the Kalanuran. Eager to get a look at our second suspect, I answered a totally dark enclosure for an up-close peek at this nocturnal animal. Although the eye is certainly terrifying looking, it is also shy, relatively harmless, and much smaller than descriptions of the Kalinora. Across town, I met Dr. That's Stephen Goodman from the Chicago Museum of Natural History. His field research resulted in an unexpected encounter with the Kalinora. And you have had a personal encounter yourself? Yes, I have. And tell me exactly what happened. What did you What did you see? We were in a very large forest, and it was late one afternoon, and I had set up mist nets along a ridge. And I went about 3.30 in the afternoon to go up to the nets. I saw what I thought was a carnivore trying to get a bird out of the net. I realized it wasn't a carnivore, but it was a human-like creature, and there was just absolute terror in their eyes, and they just slipped off the edge of the ridge and disappeared into the forest. What did it look like? It had a small stature with very long hair, no clothes. And about how tall? About three feet, three and a half feet. So there's no doubt in your mind that the Kalanuru are real. It's not a myth. Yeah, it's not a myth. Kalanuru. The doctor directed us That's to the northern part That's of the country, where his and other recent sightings have been centered. Back at the airport, we hopped on a plane bound for the northern frontier of Madagascar and the port city of Diego Suarez. Once we arrived in town, there was no shortage of locals who wanted to share their encounters. First, we met with John, a local park guide who claimed to have had a violent face-off with the creature. Tell me about your experience with the Kalanuru. One day, I walked in the forest. Suddenly, I met a Kananoru. It was very scared. The Kananoru grabbed me, and I couldn't move, and I was very afraid that he was going to kill me. And so what did you do? He let me go, and I ran at the forest. And, and if I do meet the Kananoru, do you think that, that it's a dangerous animal? Yeah, I should be very careful when you go to the forest. We also spoke with a government official who had conducted research into the Kalanoro. He offered a scary profile of the creature. Do you think the Kalanuru is real? The Kalanuru is real. They kill people. Kalanuru. They kill people. Yes. How do they kill people? They uh, he pronounces Kalanuru. Push them in. Okay. It's Kalan. To you. Or and it, it goes back and uh, kills you. Yes. He pointed us in the direction of his recent run-in with the Kalanuru, the National Park of Amber Mountain. The road to this pristine and unspoiled preserve was damaged in recent storms. Though we gave it our best effort, the path proved impassable. If we wanted to reach the park, we'd have to find another way in. Fortunately, I always have a backup plan. 
boat. I'd have taken ATVs if we could get him over there. And navigate around the Horn of Madagascar, landing on a beach in Bepotaka Bay. From there, we hike in on foot to the park. Allie, do they have pirates in Madagascar? I sure hope so. It'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Allie, in real life, they're Somali guys with machine guns. It's not the same. Mike, you were in the Navy, were you? No, no, Josh. I worked at Old Navy. Oh, that's right. I remember now. Yep, sorry. Guys, we're coming ashore. And, and, and by coming ashore, I mean I'm just smashing this thing into the land. Don't tell me you don't know where the brakes are. on land, we set out on our hike into the forested interior of the Amber Mountain Preserve. We crossed five miles of forest to reach our destination deep in the park's interior. There, we found an open clearing near several of the recent sightings where we established our base camp. We set up four IR cameras to create a visual perimeter around the site. We also installed four trap cameras that would instantly snap photos should anything pass by their lens. Vanessa would oversee the equipment from camp and alert us to any odd activity. The animal that we're looking for tonight is certainly an oddity. According to eyewitness descriptions, it's humanoid. It's only about two, three feet tall. It has very long, sharp claws. It has long, reddish-brown hair, and it lives in these jungles. Uh, for us to figure out what these eyewitnesses are seeing, we need to go out there and see if we can put a face to it. We're going to divide up into teams. Um, Sean, I don't know what's going on with your hair. You look like George Michael, but I'm going to go with you and Gabe and uh, Mike tonight. And uh, Bobby, you'll go off with uh, Allie and Dan. So let's get out there, use the tools that we've got, and see if we can't uh, find it ourselves. Let's do it, guys. God, this forest looks primitive. Primitive. This forest is basically impenetrable. It's just a tangle of vines. It would take you five hours to walk 20 feet some of this stuff anything could be kicking around in there you'd never know it and the crazy thing about this creature is that it doesn't really line up to anything that's known to live here but you know these locals they know the wildlife here pretty well they say this is not a lemur this is something totally unique oh i got something on me i can feel it hold this light leech Not cool. Fucking usually in moisture. So Helen Miller is only supposed to be about three feet high. But of course, yeah, Madagascar. Very tough looking for it. Something like this. Animal. These bushes are probably insects super too. Super thick. I'll give it to the little guy. He's got some balls living out here with all these creepy crawlies. Probably food for him. Endless forest and jungle out here for him to hide in. It's gonna be. A long night of looking. Sounds like there's water Is it nearby. Just one oh, check that out. I must be like 150, 200 feet tall. This is a beautiful lair. If I were a Kalanora, I'd be living here. Whoa. You just hear that? What was that? It definitely came from that direction. There was like a scream and it just retreated into that cave. Go after him. You have to see what's in that cave. Let's head on over. No, it's coming. Oh, it must have slid down an embankment. We were uh, an inch or two from going over that cliff into the water. I do not want to end up in that water. Okay, let's do this. 
Maybe not for good for Kalinora. He's only three feet tall. Definitely nothing here right now. That's a nice spot, but pretty dangerous for us to get to. Why don't we try uh, heading out of here and see if we can get another sweep up into the woods and check out another body of water. Yeah, there is some pretty dense forest surrounding this cave. We should probably check that out. Be really careful on your way out of here. I just feel like something's in a tree is watching at all times. Especially in here, this forest is not overly friendly. I mean, these, these people say that, you know, this thing can be really aggressive. So if it's in here, it may well just seek us out. Vanessa for Josh? Hey, Josh, I got something on IR cam, too. Um, it's hard to make out, but it looks like a pair of eyes. Uh, copy that. Can you see any features? What does it look Slough, like? No, I can't Lima. see what it is. I can't, I can't see the body because um, it's really thick in there, but I definitely creatures. see a pair of eyes moving around. See, we're on our way. We're headed over there right now. We'll be there as quick as we can. Copy that. I'm coming up on the camera now. Um, we're right here. Stand by. I'm going to see if I can image it on the thermal. Nothing on the thermal. Yeah, Vanessa, I don't have anything on the thermal. We're right behind a camera right now. We're going to start to sweep out in front of the camera, look around on the ground, see if we can't find some, some tracks or... Um, if you walk in front of the camera, it's about 10 feet in front, um, to the right. Yep, and right in there. That's it, that area. Looks like something came right through here. Look for a footprint. There's something here. Back wounds footprint? How can you tell? Not a lot of options here for prints. The ground's pretty well covered in leaves and debris. Vanessa, we're right behind the camera right now. I'm looking up in the trees too in case it's a lemur, but I don't see anything up there. Maybe once we clear the area, it comes back. All right, I'll keep watching and let you guys know if I see anything. Let's keep at it. The dreads on doesn't look good on her. sign of claws or fingernails. It's almost, uh, it's too messy to cast, though, and the ground's too soggy. We should at least get a couple, uh, photographs for evidence. Yeah, let's take some photos. Could be a lemur again. Humanoid creature. It's certainly warm blooded. It won't be able to hide from the thermal imager.
searching these. He's on the move. He's on the move. There won't be anything you can't handle. Oh, right there. Slip out on the ground. Slip out on the ground. Thermal, they have a thermal camera. A flare, they call it. I can hear it. It detects hot and cold uh, presence. Where you pointed at? It's retreating back in the forest. No, I lost that, damn it. Shall grab those night vision goggles, see if you can see it in there. I don't know, Josh, it's really thick in there. I definitely see some branches moving right over there. That thing's moving a lot quicker in that brush than we are, but let's give it a whirl. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, right there, it's got eyes. Eyes right there. They're gone right now. Do you see them, Josh? I don't have eyes in anything. You see it? Right there, I just saw eyes. They flashed right by. Really? Two distinct eyes. They were big. Sean, try to get into that saddle going over here. Nothing. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it either. Yeah, that thing's gone. That thing's long gone. And he's a little more nimble in this brush than we are. Trying to tell you what it is. Maybe that's our Kalanura right there. It might be. The way these jungles are so dense in there, you gotta be small to move around. Yeah, how the hell is he navigating these things so fast? I can Maybe barely walk around. Right. Oh, trees. Whatever that animal was, it was small. So it was low enough to the ground to get underneath these vines. We don't have a prayer of getting through this stuff. We continued to look through the woods for the creature I had spotted on the thermal imager. Whatever it was, it knew the area far better than we did and surely didn't want to be discovered. With the sun approaching the horizon and the daunting hike to our boat ahead of us, we reassembled the base camp and started LA. our long trip Nothing back to Los Angeles. In our headquarters in LA, we digitized and analyzed our many hours of video recordings. Based on the small size of the eyes we captured on our IR cam and the mass of the animal captured on our thermal imager, it is likely that both were nocturnal lemurs. The footprint we photographed was too undefined to identify. It has been said that Madagascar is a lost world. It is a colonial outpost Jeez. long relinquished Their with an ecosystem teeming with singular species and uh, evolutionary outcasts. Around the northern tip of the island, we navigated to uncharted shores and a wilderness uncorrupted by man. It is our opinion that the Kalinoro is likely an amalgam of any number of the rare and reclusive animals that reside here. That was the uh, ghost of the Maganese crater and the Kalinoro, which they have evidence of uh, the ghost of manganese, a woman singing in a cave. Uh, the Kalinoro, it's just a um, lemur. Uh, till we meet again, sleep tight.